do you consider feeling loved uh, like a form of foreplay? You know, like last night, for example, uh, I wasn't going to eat dinner or I had already eaten and I wasn't going to eat more. And you wanted salmon and you like how I cook salmon. So mm-hmm. I said, I'll cook salmon for you. Mm-hmm. And you got all girly and sweet and, <laughs> and, you know, looked like you felt loved by that. Yeah. So is that, would you consider that a, almost like a form of foreplay? That's a really good question. Welcome to What I Love About Sex, where some incredible guests and I, Steph Kanowski, will be bringing you the tools for improving your sex life with topics such as sex issues with your partner, sexual self-confidence, premature ejaculation, sexual shame, masturbation, sharing your fetishes, orgasmic pleasure, and more. Sex is still so taboo, and I personally believe that by improving our understanding and communication skills around sex, we can enhance our own self-pleasure as well as deepening our long-term romantic relationships. So listen in, try to stay open-minded, and let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode on the What I Love About Sex podcast. I am here with my my boyfriend, my lover, the one and only Andrew. Hi, everybody. (laughs) So we got some questions, babe, from the audience. So I hear. And yeah, some of them are a little little out there and personal. (laughs) Aren't they often? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I have not heard these questions yet, so this is... Yeah. Off the cuff. All right, let's dive in. Um, first question. Does the thought of cuckolding Stephanie ever cross your mind? Cuckolding Stephanie? So like Stephanie, watching you, are you down with it? Like watching you have sex with other guys while I watch? Yeah. Um, does it cross my mind? It, it has as a thought. It's not something like thoughts are random, right? Oh, so yeah, I mean, it. it but first yeah. time you're telling me because <laughs> <laughs> it's not something that I it's not something that's like a fantasy of mine mm-hmm. like weird things cross my mind <laughs> I, I, I I try to not take all the things that go flying through there too seriously but when you think about that do you think about like eventually joining or is it have you ever like played out the full thing or just was like oh idea okay bye yeah it's exactly it's more of a thought that kind of like literally like, crossed your mind literally crossed my mind <laughs> okay i don't know if i in terms of me being down with it i don't know i feel like it depends i feel like everything depends on like where you're at who you're with you know um so yes <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I would want you to join it. <laughs> I wouldn't want you to just be out there. I'd be like, babe, come here. <laughs> All right, next question. Why do women lie about sex? That's a question geared at me. <laughs> just a general question. Oh, why do women... For the both of us, I guess. Uh, I mean, for lots of reasons, right? I think mm. women just have their own reasons, and it depends. It also, it's a very vague question, so mm-hmm. I guess it depends on what you mean by lie about sex like lie about body count or lie about orgasming like you Mm -hmm. know pressure right i mean why do we do 
anything there's some type of pressure we're either going towards pleasure we're going away from pain if you're lying you're probably moving away from some sort of pain or truth that you want to hide or ashamed of yeah yeah that really is just based on the individual and i think a lot of when you're you know when you have a lot of insecurities around sex it could be easy to just lie and put on this fake persona of you know who you are has to cater to the individual all right, next one is, how am I supposed to shoot my shot if you got a man? <laughs> okay. I mean, some guys do anyways. <laughs> some guys do you anyways. You could try. Yeah. Um, it's, you'd, you'd, you'd be surprised at some of the DMs Steph gets. No, they're not, they're not that No, they're generally not. 99.99% of them are, are totally normal and fine. Yeah. But, um. Every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Very direct. How does a stroker compare to good pussy? I'm afraid I've never experienced good pussy. A stroker? What's a stroker? Probably like a flashlight type thing. Compared to good pussy? Yeah. I, I wouldn't know. I've never used a stroker. Oh, yeah, you haven't. No. But good pussy's great, so if it's anything <laughs> That's like that. That's interesting. I'm afraid I've never experienced good pussy. I wonder what makes him yeah, feel I, that I, way. I wonder what that means. I don't know how to interpret that. Mm. But go get you some, man. <laughs> go get yourself some good pussy. What would you say makes good pussy? Like if you were to explain my pussy, how would you explain <laughs> good Like pussy. wetness? Like... Yeah, like physically, because, um, yeah, right? Like, I guess... Smells uh, nice, tastes good. Doesn't smell bad. <laughs> um, yeah, moisture. It's a terrible word. <laughs> Moist. 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 I'm going to do an S- ASMR. ASMR. <laughs> Is that where we're going moist. with this? Do you want a moist pussy? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, I moisture and and it doesn't smell bad and uh i don't i I mean put the the pussy itself is never in isolation right like yeah there's so many different kinds of attached to pussies and they're great (laughs) they're good so all right next question sometimes men talk a lot more than the action some tips around keeping the talk to a minimum do you know what that means maybe if we throw it in a chat gpt it'll <laughs> i've been doing that a lot lately actually i did that today i mean i think directness is always good like communicate exactly what it is that you want um there's no real manipulation required here it's just simply i'm I want you to be present with me. I want you to listen to me. I want you to be interested in, in me and be curious and let, let the, whoever we're talking about here, let men do what they will with that information. And I think a secure, mature man will respond by respecting that and, and will will respect your request. And if they don't, then that just tells you, you know, you probably can just move on um, from that individual. I think also if you're going to tell a woman, like, 
babe, I can't wait to see you, like, blah, blah, blah. And you say all that, but you never plan dates or really take initiative to see her or, like, call her or, like, you're never available, but you say these, like, mushy things that you think she wants to hear. That could also be something, like, where you're just talking the talk, but you're not taking any action around what you're saying. So I think being a man of your word is something to remember also. All right, next one. Are one of you the initiator? Wife and I struggle to start, and then we're good once we do. We both initiate. Yeah. I feel like it's like 50-50. Yeah, I don't even know what it is, but it's not really something... I, I don't think about it too consciously. I think we just, you know, one or the other will initiate. I think each of us also go through our own periods of, you know, a day or two or a week or a couple weeks of being um, more or less horny than the other person Mm. and whoever is feeling more whoever's feeling that more might just initiate more during that time and that doesn't last forever but then it it tends to be the opposite tends to be true as well so yeah i know when i'm ovulating i'm like whoa let's go (laughs) party in my pants All right, next one. How do I get my wife to send me nudes? Ask for them. Part of it's just being direct. And I think also, I mean, without context here, right? Like, what, where are you coming from? Where is she coming from? What's the nature of the relationship? Generally, I think anytime something can be approached from a fun, playful, sexy angle, then that can lend itself to taking the pressure off of the other person and the request that you know I'm making like if I want something if I want something from you if I wanted you to send me nudes then I could do it in a sexy way I could do it in a playful way but either way the point would be to have you know a little bit of fun with it also to not have expectations like maybe you just say no I'm also not going to take that as no, never. It's like maybe you just don't want to send me nudes right now or, or not this week or not this month or not this year, but it doesn't mean you can't reapproach the situation at another time. Timing is important. Context is important. And I think uh, the state of your relationship is important too. Totally. Yeah, just have the conversation. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would love it if you sent me nudes you're so sexy and I think about you and I think it would be really hot and it would turn me on. And Do you want more nudes? All things that I have. <laughs> I, have I have nudes. I looked at them the other day. Actually. You did? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which one? Oh, yeah, tell me, tell me after this. Yeah. <laughs> I have a bunch. I know. They're in my hidden folder. <laughs> Your nude folder. Um, yeah, and I think that especially like having a just making sure that you're in a good place emotionally together um, and maybe having some intimate experience like before you ask for nudes because, you know, I, I think something that turns off a lot of women are, are feeling when they feel used sexually where it's like there's no there's no connection, but then you randomly ask them for nudes. And it's like, when was the last time you asked me about like, you know things that are important to me or about my day or we just like had some quality time together and like you know so I think it's important to focus on 
those parts of your relationship too. And it will make questions like, hey, babe, like you want to send me a nude today? Like that will just feel so much more natural and she'll, the rule of reciprocity will kick in. Look at you. Cognitive biases. Mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. it. Turns me on. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> Not now, babe. <laughs> How long does intercourse last? I don't know if they're asking about ours. You asked me Probably. this the other day. Oh, I did. Yeah. I think we said 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Sounds about average. Yeah. Never timed it. You didn't. But I, I would say it's about then. Yeah. And that's probably with, that's with foreplay, right? We don't really do much foreplay. I mean, we do. Uh-oh. But. <laughs> no, we do. I feel like, I feel like I honestly don't need as much um, because you're so affectionate like and during the day. Yeah, like loving. we're very flirty. And yeah. then we pop in every once in a while and like see each other throughout the day. So it's kind of like. It's not a cold start. Yeah. Whenever we're. Yeah. It's like, I feel like I get like a tease with you all day because I don't get to spend a lot of time. Yeah. And then when I see you. I'm but we like, do see each other throughout the day. Yeah. Yeah. Most do. days. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes there's flirty texting or I don't think there's no foreplay. Yeah. No, there's definitely foreplay, babe. <laughs> I'm just thinking like we don't have a lot. I think we have a lot more on the weekends, which makes sense because when we do something like a massage or like pull out some toys, obviously it's longer than 15 minutes because it's like a little playtime first. Do you consider feeling loved uh, like a form of foreplay? You know, like last night, for example, uh, I wasn't going to eat dinner or I had already eaten and I wasn't going to eat more. And you wanted salmon and you like how I cook salmon. So mm-hmm. I said, I'll cook the salmon for you. Mm-hmm. And you got all girly and sweet and, <laughs> and you know, looked like you felt loved by that. Yeah. So is that, would you consider that a, almost like a form of foreplay? That's a really good question because yeah, I did feel just special. Cause I didn't even mention the salmon. You just kind of like read my brain that I wanted salmon. <laughs> you were like, do you want salmon? Do you want me to cook it? I was like, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yeah, I feel like that was, I mean, I just, I felt very loved, but often when I do feel very loved by you, I do want to, you know, be close to you and kiss you. And that usually leads to me getting horny and wanting you. So yeah, and I feel like we have a good amount of that. Mm, kind of like acts of service type foreplay. Yeah, or words of affirmation. or mm. That's interesting. Those. I never thought of the love languages as forms of foreplay. but I mean, I, I think they're true. forms of connection, right? Which Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, we've talked about this, like how important connection is mm-hmm. in the bedroom. So if that's lacking, I mean, I guess it, yeah, that has, that element has to kind of be there. Mm-hmm. I ask this respectfully. Do you still have the desire to suck his dick <laughs> or his eggplant? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's it's it hasn't been that long where <laughs> like, I mean, hopefully I never <laughs> like lose the desire to do that, which I feel like most women, a lot of I won't say most. Um, I know a lot of women feel like it's a chore right from the start where it's like even when they are feeling really connected, they're like, all right, like 
one blow job it's your it's your birthday or like it's your you know so like they already even at the point of connection aren't enjoying the act for themselves like when I do it to you like I get horny like it turns me on to do that to you like I enjoy it I feel very feminine I feel very submissive I feel very like like just giving to you it just makes me feel like a good partner like I just get all these feels of just good feelings plus I know you love it so it's yeah it's a lot for me as it is for you um I think it helps that to have a partner who really wants that mm. for you as well right like I really it's I really want you to feel good I I get a lot of pleasure out of knowing that you're enjoying yourself and if you're with someone who isn't really putting in much effort or clearly doesn't care that much that you're really enjoying yourself, then I think it's only natural to um, lose interest in, you know, wanting to give 100% of yourself to Mm. your partner. It doesn't seem like most people really want to give themselves fully and um, to their to their partner, whether it's casual or serious, whatever it is. There seems to be a a lack of <clears throat> like truly wanting to do what your do whatever your partner enjoys, right? Which you have to be curious and interested in what it is that your partner wants. Yeah. If I only blew like a few guys who I'd blown who made me feel shitty when I did it, like I would hate giving blowjobs. Yeah. Right. Too. Good points. Um, next one. Did you have any insecurities going into the relationship slash how did the other help you with it? Is that for both of us? For me? Both. i'm just nodding any insecurities going into the relationship yeah yes and no i mean i i moved past a lot of my insecurities to most of my insecurities by the time we you know got into our relationship because of you know all the lessons i've learned from previous past experiences where i was incredibly insecure and seeing the really stressful path that led down, there was nothing particularly. There was nothing in particular about you that I felt like insecure about. Well, I, and I feel like both of us, like this was something that we talked about early on, which was that both of us were coming into the relationship very secure, and it was actually a weird feeling for us because we were both used to past relationships that triggered our attachment system Mm -hmm. and caused us to feel very insecure which could feel very exciting Mm. and it act it it felt like something was missing in our relationship early on i don't even remember having those conversations right Mm -hmm. and and it almost made us kind of unsure of like is this is this the right thing? Are we supposed to be going into doing a relationship? Else? Yeah, like <laughs> is there something we're not doing? Yeah, it was. There was that we just... should be failing at and getting anxious over. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I think both of us were so secure that it actually felt weird, you know, yeah. being together because 
there was such a lack of insecurity causing stress and butterflies and nervousness and things that we had both felt from insecurities in past relationships. I agree. I I feel the same way. I mean, I didn't I didn't have any insecurities either and I think that's why we felt very stable once we got into it and good answer, babe. Pegging? <laughs> What's pegging again? If I was to wear a strap on and do you in the Oh, house. absolutely not. <laughs> no, it's a hard pass. Okay. Have you- <laughs> Next question. <laughs> Have you done swapping? No, we have not. We no. almost did. Yeah, it was kind of sort of close. Going to the did. sex club number two. <laughs> sex club. But. We just couldn't get into it. Yeah, it was just. It was a little bit much. and I think it was just too overstimulating. There's too much going on. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Overstimulating. You know? And I, I don't think we. I didn't, I know I didn't really feel like connected enough with anyone else to mm-hmm. be super interested in, in I wonder if the overstimulation was causing a lack of like ability to connect because like the huge porno on the flat, like it was a lot, on the huge screen and it was so loud and there were people all over fucking and yeah, there was just the senses were taking in way too, it was sensory overload. It was yeah. just crazy. I think also my expectations were a lot higher then uh, my expectations were too high going into it. Yeah. Mine were pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. I knew exactly like what to expect. Yeah. And you were just like, we need to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Let's fucking get out of here. <laughs> and we did. <laughs> we did. All right. Um, how can you step into your sexual confidence if you haven't had sex yet? I mean, sexual confidence doesn't just have to do with the act of sex. Yeah, and I don't think it has anything to do with sexual confidence so much as just security in yourself. They're not really separate. Like, if you are secure, it means you love yourself. It means that you give yourself grace. It means that you understand you're not going to be great at it the first time going into it and that's just okay it doesn't hinge on you being confident sexually it's just you hinging on being confident in yourself and recognizing that this is how everything in life goes that you have to learn like you're gonna be bad at it at the beginning whether you're learning an instrument or you're learning a sport Mm -hmm. or you're learning sex so i think it's so interesting that so many people don't treat sex as something to as a skill as something to get Mm. better at Mm -hmm. and make all sorts of assumptions around it and they assume that they're good even though they've never picked up a book on it or never like educated themselves on it or ever tried to expand their mind around it It has nothing to do with your confidence in your abilities and everything to do with your confidence in yourself and your willingness to learn yeah that's all it really is yeah, I was talking to a client today about this because um, he was like, you know, it's it's like we're humans. We should just naturally know how to communicate effectively. And I'm like, yeah, but no, you know, and, and I said it was funny how we make assumptions around communication where it's just like, oh, communication isn't like, you know, we just do it. And we don't think to be intentional about improving it and studying it and learning from it and growing from it. 
And same thing with sex. It's just like, oh, well, it's just like, we sh- I shouldn't need a sex coach. Like, I shouldn't, shouldn't need someone to help me with my sex life. I should just know how to do it. And it should always be great. And I should never run into issues. And we have these expectations on those sides. And then there's other areas of life like fitness, where it's like, have to eat clean and you have to exercise. And then you'll get that. Or when it comes to monetary goals and your finances, we have expectations that you have to put action into that. Like you have to study, you have to get a good job, right? So it's like fitness and health, we have these set expectations of like taking actions to improve. And then other areas like communication and sex, it's like we think we we just expect to be good naturally. So it's interesting like what things we decide we need to work on and then what things we decide we should just be great at, you know. Yeah, and I think that has a lot to do with people's past experiences, right? Like, what kind of household did you grow up in? Mm. Was it one that lended itself to being curious about all things? Or was it one that was a little more taboo and shut off to communication about certain things? And where Mm. there were just certain assumptions and expectations made around topics like sex or money or emotions, Right, which is a lot of what communication, as an example, comes down to. I posted on Twitter yesterday or a couple of days ago that the most underrated tool in communication are the words, if I understand you correctly, then what I think you mean is, mm. and just reiterating what you think mm-hmm. someone means, because... From that, you're either going to confirm that you understand the person accurately or you're going to find out that you didn't understand them and then you can get on the same page. Mm. And a lot of headache and frustration is avoided before it ever becomes an issue. You definitely use that phrase with me. I use it a lot. (laughs) I use it a lot. Yeah. And for me, it's, it's just really important. I think because... A lot of my life was spent making so many assumptions and and which would cause me anxiety. And so that's my tool for just not even needing to make any assumptions, not doing any guesswork, removing the anxiety because, you know, if I can take what you're saying at face value and I'm going to, and I trust that you're going to tell me the truth, you or anyone who asked that question to, um, then by asking that question... I am, we are getting on the same page and that's the only, that's the only way you can move forward, right? Is, is by being on the same page. So whether it's work or friendships or family or especially your partner, if I understand it correctly, what you mean is, is like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just my default now. And it shows that you're really making an effort to listen too. Because when you just say, no, I didn't, I didn't mean that. Why do you always like blah, blah, blah. And then you lead with your assumption. It, it throws a person into this defensive state who's going to argue with you. So yeah, just not assuming and using that phrase is definitely showing like, hey, I may not know the answer, but I'm trying to. Can you help me out? What else we got? Bring it on. <laughs> oh, Should one... we answer the rest of these questions with an accent? <laughs> a British accent. Oh, we could do that. Oh, you're so much better at it than I am. <laughs> it's all right. You're, you're incredible. You're learning. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's do one. 
Um, my wife won't give BJ's as it hurts her mouth. Possible suggestions. Thank you. I mean, why does it hurt her mouth? What's... Do you have a sharp cock? <laughs> Is... You have a razor cock, my friend. <laughs> Fix that razor cock of yours. And she'll suck it every night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I can't, like, think seriously yeah. in, in an yeah. accent. That's okay. really interesting. It's, it's hard. I know. It is hard. We're always being That's silly what she said. when we do it. <laughs> I I don't know. I mean that that's if that's a medical issue, then I maybe it just is what it is. Um, if she says it, it hurts. I, I I mean just come from a place of curiosity, right? Like ask her what part of it hurts. Like what is it hurting her? You know the the right inside of her mouth, or is it hurting her throat? Because. I feel that it could be very painful yeah, just like to the throat. Shoving your <laughs> like all the way back. Like, what do you mean it hurts? Take my cock. <laughs> no, but it does hurt if if a guy's you know, for instance, like face fucking, and she's not aroused enough, or she's like a little nervous. She'll tighten up her throat, and then she can't allow the cock to come in. <laughs> so it actually can be really painful if she's not relaxed enough to take it. And she needs to be relaxed before she's aroused. So if you can get her relaxed and highly aroused and then ask her to give you head, um, it most likely will be a much pleasurable, much more pleasurable experience for the both of you because it's going to be a lot physically more comfortable for her and you won't have to worry about hurting her. So yeah, I would I would just clarify like which part of her mouth is it hurting and and you could take it from there. But I feel in most cases it's it's the throat causing the pain from the tightness how do you address a sexless marriage this this is your area of expertise (laughs) uh, i have very little to say about that i don't i don't know i mean there's so much this is another one that has to do with the individual couple and what situation you're in um i would say that first it's a it's a matter of having a conversation with your partner regardless of how awkward it may feel and that's to just show your attempts to get on the same page and call it out like call out the reality of like hey I feel like you know we've been a bit distant lately and I I just want to feel closer to you what do you think we can do you know or how what are your thoughts on this you know and immediately throwing that um just saying what you need to say and asking her her thoughts is a great place to start and um and do it in a way that's most comfortable for you you know like saying something like hey I realize we haven't been spending a lot of time together and I'd love to spend more time together like do you feel the same way and that shows that you care about her opinion it shows that you're not just trying to force like one idea on her you're actually making her part of the conversation you're showing curiosity and you're expressing yourself in a vulnerable way um, which is going to help you just be a better communicator and start to create some trust in the relationship again. So I, I I find that a lot of guys, when they're in a sexless marriage, they go straight to a conversation like, we need to talk or we need to talk about our sex life. And that phrase, you know, going from hardly connecting with each other to we need to talk about our sex life, it's just, it's never going to go well because especially with that tone of like we need to talk and this is serious and I'm not getting enough sex 
is usually how that conversation starts. I won't say for all men, but I've heard from men's mouths that they tell me that's how they start it. So that just comes across very selfish. It's not in it's not asking for her opinion. It's not showing curiosity. You're not really listening to each other at that point. So um, I would say you definitely want to start from a place of togetherness, like focus on, hey, we haven't been spending a lot of time together or we haven't been having a lot of romantic time or I miss dating you, you know, starting starting from that place versus, hey, we're not having sex. This is a problem. So I would I would start there and I would say that you'll get the, the best response you probably can get at this stage when you start from that small step versus jumping all the way into sex, which may just create an immediate an immediate conflict if you guys are just not comfortable there. But start there. See what happens. Um, all right. Let's do one more on this page. How to get out of your head. In life? During, I, would, I would assume during sex. during sex. I think focusing on your partner helps because if you're in your own head, you're thinking about yourself. Focusing on your partner's enjoyment? Yeah. Focusing on your partner's enjoyment. What does that mean? Like just <clears throat> looking at her, like asking her something? Yeah, I, uh, it could be anything from, um, you know, being curious about if you don't necessarily know your partner, being curious about what are they enjoying, right? Like, because in order for, I know for me, in order for me to pay attention to you know, whether or not you're enjoying yourself, I have, I'm looking at all senses, right? Like I'm looking at how do you look? How do you feel? What are you moving like? Um, what do you seem mm-hmm. to enjoy in that, in that moment? Cause that can also change from one sexual experience to another. It's like things I'm saying, things you're seeing. Yeah. I think also, it, I, I guess it depends, right? So if there's, there's a reason you're not being present then maybe is it because there's something that feels unsettling like is there something on your mind that has to do with your partner that's taking you out of the moment because mm-hmm. you need to talk about something mm-hmm. um or is it just simply that you're distracted by work or there's other things on your mind is it what i kind of initially assumed which is that you're just you're worried about your own performance or you're worried about your own whatever you have going on it doesn't really have anything to do with anything other than just your own personal anxiety and then and then I think it's just like it's just being selfish and also I think like when you're not focused on having fun or like pleasure it could be very easy to obsess over like taking it too serious yeah 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 Yeah, there's that too to be like adult playtime yeah I think that's all I mean I think that solves a lot of problems in life is like just chill (laughs) just Just like chill yeah just I mean just have fun you know yeah especially in communication and sex it's have fun with it just enjoy yourself how has your sex life changed now with how long you've been together How would you answer this? Well, I guess I don't. I I don't know. Really, know how much you want to share. But I think it's. I think it's changed in a couple ways. I mean, I think when we first started, um, you know, there wasn't necessarily. I mean, there wasn't the same kind of 
connection and and love right and so i think it was Mm -hmm. sex was a little more um i would say like wild maybe also a little more shallow it was less about the connection and more about all the things we could try and do and have fun with and and that was cool that became a little overwhelming for me and i had to kind of like pump the brakes on that yeah and then it moved into a lot more about the connection and a lot less about the toys and things kind of I think mellowed out and I think that's largely where it's remained um you know and then also I think your health issues have you know Mm. kind of affected our sex life and so we've had to adjust a little bit for for that um Mm -hmm. my endometriosis yeah have you talked about that with him yet no not on the podcast on instagram or email or anything only the email to my one master class (laughs) so yeah so yeah dealing dealing with some concerns uh just symptoms of endometriosis um you guys can do your research on that uh, if you want but it's basically a autoimmune disease that affects the reproductive organs. Um, and it can lead to painful sex, lack of libido, and just body insecurities, um, for me anyway. And that definitely, you know, in the beginning when it was like very prevalent, I didn't want to have sex, right? And I was just like never in the mood and I was freaking out because I was never horny. And I was like, oh my God, this is not me. I'm always horny. <laughs> like, what's going on? So that was definitely a shock. And then that came back. I started feeling horny again, thank God. Um, Yeah, it's like the things we take for granted, man. Uh, But there are still times where sex is painful. Like it either feels like sandpaper or it feels like you're hitting a wall. And, you know, I bloat afterwards, which is really uncomfortable. And um, yeah, it's not the sexiest thing. Um, But like I talked about, we all have sex concerns that we struggle with and um, I think it's about 45% of women have pain with sex at some point in their life and it's you know if you have a female partner who is feeling pain it's it's important to find a way to help her manage it Um, you know just talk to her about ways that she's managing it and just be supportive for her or or just finding a way to make it work for the both of you. Like I know that when I was feeling a lot of pain with penetration, I was giving Andrew more blowjobs. And <laughs> and that also made me feel good because it made me feel like sexy and it gave me that that, you know, sexual connection with him. Um I also felt like I was pleasing him and that actually felt really good to me doing that so so yeah it's just been me navigating this whole thing and not that it's every time it actually hasn't been painful for for like a few weeks now which is great um but it definitely you know put us in a place where it's it's more I guess sensitive like my body's a little more sensitive so we're both trying to figure that out and and yeah, some things you just some things just happen, you know, and you have to find ways to to cope and help your partner out and 
and on my good days, you know, those will be the days when we when we try more more things. You know, certain days we're more likely to have anal sex, um, which is also great. <laughs> but yeah, it's just yeah, and that's definitely just been something that's changed in the last few months that we've had to deal with. But there's there's no reason why we can't still play with toys and I was telling Andrew that like if you're if you have a partner who's in pain and penetration is painful then using toys is actually a great way to to keep like a sexual connection you know like um, using toys and then going into oral sex is something that could be very erotic and fun and do you have anything to add I feel like I just went on a tangent no (laughs) okay I feel like that sounded really depressing. <laughs> Our sex life used to be really fun and wild, and now Steph is ruining it. No, I mean, I think no. I think life ebbs and flows. And yeah, then, you know. <laughs> but I think it's it's also important. Like for me, like I feel I feel safe with you. Um, just because we could talk about these things and I'm not having any worries about like, oh, is like, is he going to leave me? Cause I can't have sex with him. Like the way that maybe he wants me to. And like, how does he want me to right now? Oh my God. I don't know. And like, there's so many couples who think like this and just never talk about it. And then they have their own anxiety that either leads to more pain for women because their vagina literally is tightening up from the tension of their anxiety And then there's men who struggle with like erectile problems because they're holding in this anxiety. So the best thing, and I honestly think the thing that's made sex more comfortable in the last few weeks and um, just felt really good for me is I've released a lot of stress around the topic. And I talked to Andrew about it a lot. And um, yeah, just talking it out and hearing what he has to say about it and what he needs and what I could do for him is what I could do for myself and he's always asking me that and supporting me so that communication piece is is huge and we all have our sex struggles so you know you're you're never alone when you have something you're struggling with in your sex life I'll just do like two more cool how often do you feel you are being studied partnered with a sex coach (laughs) Mm, that's interesting never you never felt that way, right? No, I've never felt like I was uh, part of a research. <laughs> Imagine I was like, all right, this has been a test <laughs> the last two years. <laughs> no. Almost. I mean, we there were almost, didn't, you got that flashlight thing and you were going to, we were going to test it on me so that you could. Oh, yeah. So you could do it. But, but that was supposed to be fun. That was like, babe, I got a toy for your penis. Try it. And you were like, nah. <laughs> all right and last one what do you do to create intimacy that isn't sexual i I mean i think we talked about this earlier by accident love languages acts of service last night cooking right i feel like that creates intimacy and it's not sexual Mm -hmm. yeah i think we leave post-its for each other yeah we write notes write notes um, monthly check-in, quarterly, mm-hmm. quarterly board meetings. <laughs> cuddle, 
cuddles at night. That's always nice. I like when you cuddle me as you fall asleep. Yeah. Your hand on my right boob. Just before I <laughs> freak out and, and start fidgeting and start punch you. <laughs> Andrew punches in his sleep. So I yeah, I have like one second weird... he'll be caressing my boob peacefully and then the next he'll be squeezing it and like punching <laughs> me in the face. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, babe, wake up. Stop it. <laughs> it's a thing. It's a problem. <laughs> the one night you literally punched me, remember? And I woke up and I was really sad. And I, I was know. Like... It was like Debo on, on Friday, the movie. <laughs> if anybody knows that. Mm. Classic. Mm. But yeah. But besides that, yeah, a lot of physical affection and flirting, funny faces, accents. We have fun together. Yeah, I would say just generally having fun together. Yeah. Which is most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we get excited about stuff together, about like the things we're working on in our businesses. I think that's definitely something we kind of bond over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, goals. sharing our wins with one another mm-hmm. and goals. I think it's good to like, yeah, share things that you can really be excited about because that shows like a certain energy to your partner. And if every time you like sit down and talk with your partner, it's about something serious, they're never going to want to talk to you. You know, like it's, it's going to be really hard to. And if you can get no habit of sitting down and talking for five minutes about like the best things that happened to you that day or like the funniest moment of your day or I don't know, like just, you know, starting it off about like and seeing where that goes. Because, yeah, energy is contagious. Yes. All right. All right, we will stop there. We're an hour in. Didn't expect to go this long. But um, thanks, babe, for being here. Thanks for having me. I hope that was useful and valuable and entertaining. Mostly entertaining. (laughs) It was great. You're great. I love you. I love you. I love you. Bye, everybody. (laughs) All right. Bye, guys. See you in the next episode. Oh, wait. I have to do my outro. Have an amazing morning, evening. (laughs) Evening and night. I can't even say it. Have an amazing morning, evening, or night, wherever you are in the world. And I'll talk to you soon. I hope this episode helped you. If it did, I would love for you to leave me an iTunes review. It would mean the world to me. You can also screenshot your favorite episodes and tag me on Instagram at Steph Ganowski. And before I go, remember, your sex life is as good as you make it out to be. Until next time.